0: Welcome to the primal potential podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off, $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. We are getting science-y today. Back in January, early January, I think, maybe mid-January, we talked about the link between body weight and the microbiome. And the microbiome isn't just our gut. It's all over us, all in us, everywhere, everywhere. But today I wanted to kind of go into some of the research that tells us that being overweight is a symptom of a problem, not the problem itself. And I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about smoke versus fire, but this is something I wrote about in chasing cupcakes, that is very much what's happening for a lot of people who are trying to lose weight. And the notion of the smoke versus the fire is that if you saw smoke in your house and you grabbed a towel and you're just chasing the smoke and you're trying to fan it, fan it, fan it, fan it, you will probably be successful in clearing the smoke, but only for a minute because you haven't addressed the fire. The challenging thing is that oftentimes the smoke is what we notice first. It's what we see. It might set off the smoke detector. Smoke detector isn't going off necessarily because of the fire, but because of the smoke that is coming from the fire. And this happens so often, I think that, I don't remember exactly how I described it in Chasing Cupcakes, but basically, For the longest time, I was battling to eat less, eat less, eat less, exercise more, exercise more, and that was very much the smoke. But what was causing the smoke, I wasn't addressing. And that was, among other things, the way I was thinking about food, the way I was using food for emotional purposes, and because I was chasing the smoke, I was having to work constantly, it felt like it never got easier and the problems never really went away. Even when I would follow a diet, I would have these these moments, these days, sometimes these weeks or months where I would turn to food for emotional support or any number of other things. And this is what we're understanding now as we develop a greater body of research around the microbiome, again, being the bacteria that live in and on the body. We are more bacteria than we are human, meaning we have more bacterial cells in and on our body than we do human cells. And most people are not being intentional about cultivating, balancing, maintaining their microbiome. They're just, you know, letting it be whatever it is. And the way that this is manifesting right now is a huge population of people who are struggling with their weight and trying to do all of the right things, and it's a two steps forward, two steps back. It's not to say that food doesn't matter and movement doesn't matter. They do. However, you're going to continue to have problems, whether with cravings or lack of satiety or inflammation that come up again and again and again, leading to those backward steps when you've made a little bit of progress. So I want to reiterate that what we know, this is not a theory, what we know is that excess body fat, being overweight, being obese, is a symptom of a problem. Food is a factor, movement is a factor, but it is a symptom, not a The problem itself. I was listening to, I think it was a podcast with a reproductive endocrinologist who said the same thing. Overweight or obesity, these are symptoms, and we're doing a disservice just trying to get everybody to eat less and move more. Fundamentally, it is a sign that there is a signaling problem in your body and there could be many signaling problems but the signaling the the party responsible for our signals for appetite for inflammation for cravings for fat burning versus fat storage that's our microbiome remember these bacteria are alive they have a function they are communicating constantly to our muscles to our fat cells to our brain to our immune system absolutely Everything, And one of the ways that we know this initially started from mouse studies, and we've now seen it in human studies, but the mouse studies that got started showed us that if you take an obese mouse and you transplant into that obese mouse, the bacterial cultures from a lean mouse... That, oh, that mouse that was obese will lean out. And it goes the other way. If you take a lean mouse and you transplant into that lean mouse, the bacterial cultures from an obese mouse, that lean mouse will become obese. Here's the fascinating thing as well. It's not just that body weight changes. Behavior around food changes. So you take this lean mouse and you transplant the bacterial makeup of an obese mouse into that lean mouse. Not only is that lean mouse going to gain weight, its food behaviors will change. So it will start becoming aggressive with food. It will steal food from other mice. It will have very erratic and frantic eating patterns, almost like satiety was turned off And this drive for food was turned on, and it was. And the reason that that happened is because the bacteria that are linked to being overweight or being obese drive things like appetite and cravings. I remember so vividly being dumbfounded as a kid that my sister could have a couple cookies and be done and forget about it and move on. And like, I would think about the cookies constantly. And I'd be thinking about how I could get more cookies. And if I could sneak the cookies and then I'd hide the cookie box. And this was, there was a, a drive for food that not everybody has, but some people do have that felt to me like something was broken in me. And I didn't understand why I was like that and other people weren't. And that's not the only signal. I don't want you thinking, well, sure, I have excess weight that I'm carrying, but I don't feel that that drive for food. I, I think that my hunger and satiety signals are pretty normal. Know that it's not just that that drives this link between your microbiome and your metabolism. It is about signaling, are you in fat storing mode or are you in fat burning mode? It is about inflammation in your body. And when there is excess inflammation, fat burning is suppressed. It's the smoke versus the fire. Being overweight, being obese, yes, it has a food link. Yes, it has a movement link. But it is a symptom that there is a signaling problem. And we know that another way to say that is there is a microbiome issue going on. And it could be many things. Among which could be you, you could have leaky gut as a result of a microbiome problem that's causing a weight problem. It could be that you have excessive inflammation, even if you don't feel it. A lot of times people are overlooking the fact that they have an inflammation problem because they think of inflammation as like achy joints and they don't have achy joints, but inflammation is a lot more than that. Inflammation could show itself in your body as acne, or as food sensitivities, any number of other things, headaches, irritability, all of those things have a link to inflammation and ultimately your microbiome. What we know, and I talked about this back in episode 951 with Dr. Sean Talbot, we know that the microbiome that we used to think of as just constipation or regularity, thanks to those Activia commercials, is so much more than that. The microbiome regulates your metabolism, meaning what's happening with the food that you eat. Are you more likely to store it? Are you more likely to burn it? Are you prone to putting on muscle? Are you prone to putting on fat? Are you prone to burning fat? Are you prone to not burning fat? It's a struggle for you. All of those things factor into metabolism and, of course, much more. The microbiome also regulates your mood. Depression and anxiety link back to the microbiome and also link to disordered eating behaviors. And depression is linked to weight struggles. Not only that, appetite. Are you satisfied or not? And for how long? Not not only appetite, but the type of food that you crave. Your microbiome will influence if you are craving things like salty snacks or if you are craving things like sugar or if you have no cravings. And I want to emphasize, we'll talk about this in a few minutes, but I want to emphasize that fortunately, the microbiome is something that we can influence dramatically in a number of ways. The quality of our diet, supplementation fermented foods. There's a lot of options. I like to be very um, deliberate with it, with supplementation. And we'll talk more about this, but essentially what I mean is some people will say to me, well, do I really have to take a probiotic if I eat uh, kimchi or sauerkraut or yogurt and these fermented foods that have probiotics in them? And my answer is yes, because we have no idea what strains of bacteria are in that sauerkraut or kimchi and how many. It's kind of like Uh, do I need to take a multivitamin if I eat lots of vegetables? Well, in most cases, I would say yes, because are you going to be that deliberate about, am I getting enough folic acid? Am I getting enough vitamin A? Am I getting enough vitamin E from what I'm eating? You're probably not going to do that math. The difference here is with the microbiome, we don't have known values and known strains which strains of bacteria are in this yogurt that I'm eating and how many? We don't, we don't know that about most foods that are rich in probiotics. Okay, let's get back to things that the microbiome regulates. Inflammation. I've said this because I've done episodes on inflammation specifically. Inflammation is the starting point for just about every disease we know of. So cognitive diseases, cellular diseases like cancer, inflammation is the starting point of that because it's our body reacting to something going wrong. Your microbiome regulates inflammation. So if you don't have an optimized, balanced microbiome, you don't have what you need in order to respond to inflammation when it starts. And so it goes rogue, and it takes over your body. And you might experience it as arthritis. You might experience it as depression. You might experience it as cancer. We don't know. But your microbiome regulates that, and that's why it's so important. Immune function. This is more than do I get the sniffles or do I not get the sniffles? I posted on my Instagram stories. Let's see if I can find it here real quick. I posted on my Instagram stories the other day, a study that came out showing that uh, there was a link between the microbiome and whether or not you get what people are calling long COVID. Long COVID, like the symptoms last uh, longer than they do for... For others. Let's see if I can find it here. Yep. Medical News Today, it says, this is the link between the microbiome and immune function. Research has found that individuals who experience severe COVID 19 tend to have gut dysbiosis, a disruption in the community of microorganisms living in the gut. And I would say that that's a little incomplete because it's not just in the gut, it's all over the body, it's on the skin, and in every area of our body. It says, a new study has found the first evidence that there may also be a connection between gut dysbiosis and long COVID. If you haven't heard of that, that's the people who get COVID, but the symptoms stay with them for months or more. Future clinical trials could therefore investigate probiotics, dietary change, changes, or fecal transplants as potential treatments for long COVID. So it's a real thing. It's a very real thing. And then leaky gut. Leaky gut is responsible for a lot of food allergies, a lot of uh, inflammatory bowel challenges. All of this stems from the microbiome. And I apologize if you can hear the baby crying. I believe that it is nap time and Chris is taking him up. The cool thing about our microbiome is that it truly acts... Not only in terms of a a regulator of metabolism and whether we burn fat and all these other things, but one of the cool things that it does is it's essentially our internal pharmacy. When you have the gut diversity and it's populated the way that it needs to be, your body will create dopamine when you need dopamine and serotonin when you need serotonin. And I'm like GABA when you need GABA. And when you don't have this, you start to have issues with either anxiety or depression or inflammation or leaky gut. We have to be more intentional about making sure that our microbiome is optimal. And I'll reiterate that yes, we can be we can be very specific with supplementation, but we can also minimize things that do damage to the microbiome, like eating sugar and processed foods and crop oils and trans fats and all of that stuff, uh, artificial sweeteners that just wreak havoc on the microbiome. And you need to understand that when I say wreak havoc on the microbiome, that's also wreak havoc on your ability to maintain your weight, wreak havoc on your mood, wreak havoc on your metabolism, on your appetite, on inflammation in your, in your body, on your immune system, on the integrity of your gut lining, which is a component of your immune system and your body's ability to protect yourself. When our microbiome is off, we are off. And there's so much we can do to improve how we feel, how we look, how our bodies function, by being intentional about our microbiome. when So the gut also signals our muscles. That's one thing we didn't talk about when we were going through the microbiome regulating these different areas. There are other areas that it influences that it might not necessarily regulate. We might not use a word that strong. But our muscles are a big part of that. When we have a healthy, balanced microbiome, we see decreased inflammation in the muscle tissue. We also, and this is super, super cool, we see increased mitochondrial biogenesis. So we create more mitochondria. Our mitochondria are more plentiful and they're also stronger and healthier. You might remember from seventh grade science that your mitochondria are the powerhouse of your cell. So this has a huge role in Uh, how you have energy or you don't have energy, your fatigue, all of those things. It also is a powerful piece of anti-aging. You want to have more and stronger mitochondria. And if you don't, you're dying, right? (laughs) I mean, we're all dying, but that's a huge piece of the aging process. There's also the way that our gut signals our muscles when it's optimally functioning is with increased GLUT4 expression. And if you have been listening to the podcast for a long time, you're familiar with some of those older episodes, we talk about the role of GLUT4 transporters in the muscle and the role that that plays in uh, glucose metabolism. So one of the greatest things that we can do, aside from optimizing our microbiome for fat loss or Uh, body weight maintenance, even if you don't have a fat loss goal, is put on more muscle. And the reason for that is there are these glucose transporters in the muscle that allow them, when we have more of them, and building muscle is one way, but having a, a robust microbiome is another way to give us more of these. When we have more of them, what that means is when we consume sugar, it is metabolized by the muscle for energy... And that it leaves less of it to be stored or converted to fat. Because when we consume more sugar than we need, you know, if, if we look at what balanced blood sugar looks like, it represents about one teaspoon of sugar dispersed throughout our entire blood volume. That's that's kind of a, a stable blood sugar level. So what happens then when we have a cupcake or, God forbid, a pint of ice cream or we you know, eat 17 cookies or even two cookies. It certainly is more than one teaspoon of sugar. Well, anything that needs to be used by your body will be used. And then whatever's left over gets stored in the liver and then is converted to and stored as fat in your body fat. Hips, thighs, arms, belly, you name it. When you have more glucose transporters, GLUT4s, in your muscle tissue... That means your muscles can take up more of that sugar, and it's not going to be converted to restored as fat. Your, mi- your microbiome increases the expression of those glut 4s so that they are more capable of taking up the sugar that you eat, which just gives you more metabolic flexibil- flexibility. Another thing that happens with uh, the relationship between the microbiome and our muscles is it allows for more fat burning, fat oxidation, and more activity of mTOR. mTOR is super fascinating. I, I won't go into that today. That could be a whole episode of in and of itself. But if you, if you look up, you know, what is mTOR? What does mTOR do? It's just a fascinating thing that you want to have on your side. And that is influenced by the health of your microbiome. So there was a December 21, uh, 2021 study that appears in the journal Molecular Metabolism, and it's looking at the link between the microbiome and body weight. And what it tells us is that there are exactly the things, it's confirming the things that we've been talking about here. What it tells us is that there are microbiome changes in a negative sense when we have weight challenges. And as we resolve those microbiome changes, uh, issues, we see changes in body weight. It also says that you want to leverage optimizing your diet for sure for the results to be most significant. But it's important to know that research is trending in this direction. There was a, there was a study, I want to go back to that one that I just met. we'll stay here for a second. Uh, in this study that I'm talking about here, it refers to being overweight as a signaling problem not a calories in, calories out issue, and that the thing driving the signaling is the microbiome. And it it does a really great job of going through all the areas that it affects when your microbiome is in jeopardy in any way. Satiety hormones, endotoxemia, which is a result of leaky gut and basically It allows your body to poison you, and you experience that in things like inflammation or uh, inflammatory bowel disease or any allergies, you name it. Uh, Inflammation increased adiposity. So when we have more inflammation in our body, which can be a result of microbiome challenges, we have more fat storage and we have less fat burning. It makes it very clear. The gut microbiota, and I would say the whole body microbiota, is involved in the control of nutrient availability. So when you eat food, are you able to extract the nutrients from it, appetite, and body weight? Another study I want to mention, and this is a study on one of the strains that's in GBX-FIT, what we talked about in 951. A specific strain of bacteria that is in GBX-FIT, talked about in 951. There's a human clinical study That basically took abdominally obese men and women, so people who have central adiposity, that has been uh, shown to be the most problematic when it comes to health challenges like heart disease. So they took adults, men and women, who had central adiposity. And they gave them this specific strain and only this specific strain for 12 weeks. And they wanted to see, with no changes to diet and no changes to movement, what happens to body weight in the control group, getting nothing, just living their normal lives, and in the test group who just got this particular strain of probiotics. In the test group that got this strain... 39% 39% had a decrease in their waist circumference of two centimeters or more in 12 weeks with, again, no change to um, diet or exercise. And it was found to be primarily visceral fat, which is great. That's what we really want to get rid of. That's what has the impact on our health in the most significant way. The, that equates to about a pant size, So a pant size in 12 weeks without any change to diet or exercise. When we look at this... Going back to 951 and GBX Fit that we talked about, I got a ton of questions on it. The following episode, I did a Q&A answering a bunch of those questions. Um, a lot of you have asked, what kind of results did people get? And in that Q&A that I did, I talked about a bunch of those. I wanted to reiterate those and also share one more. So Sean Talbot, who was on the 951 episode with me, he, as uh, a very fit, healthy guy, runs triathlons, just works out regularly, eats super clean. He genuinely wasn't expecting to see much of a change just because he's already in a great state from the standpoint of microbiome, from the standpoint of fitness, and all of those things. And what he saw in, what, it was five weeks. That was the five-week trial that we did with the GBX Fit pilot that I was a part of. In those five weeks, without changing what he was eating or how he was moving, he actually said, because it was over the holidays, he was probably a little less active and ate a little bit more, but we'll just call it no change. He lost 3% body fat. His fat mass went down by 5.5 pounds, which is a 21% drop in his fat mass uh, because he was already lean to begin with. And the only thing that he really changed was optimizing the signaling of his microbiome. Uh, A couple of things... That I mentioned in the Q&A episode, Uh, one woman who was in this five-week trial, well, what's how many weeks? December 1st to January 6th, five, maybe five and a half weeks. Um, One woman who shared her results down 15.2 pounds, 10.5 inches, 2.5% body fat. Um, Another individual uh, down 7.5 pounds, 6.5 inches, 1.2% body fat. She noted that uh, she really didn't have any cravings. Uh, And then a third, again, that I shared in the Q&A, down 9.2 pounds, 12.5 inches overall with uh, more energy and no cravings and really noticed a change in her skin. Now, I really don't care if you take GBX Fit or not. Uh, That's certainly one that's very targeted for body weight changes. I think it's a great option if that is a goal of yours. But I share this so that you understand a couple of things fundamentally. Number one, if you are overweight, if you are obese... That is a symptom of another problem. So let's really dive into what that other problem is for you. Microbiome is a a dominant one because of all the things that it influences. It influences appetite. It influences metabolism. It influences inflammation and leaky gut. All of these things, mood, that impact what happens with our weight and what happens with what we eat and all of those factors That come into play when we talk about body weight. I also, though, want to point out that we have to, the other thing I want to emphasize here is we've got to be much more intentional about our microbiome. We've got to be more intentional about it. One of the reasons that I had Dr. Sean Talbot on the show is because he's he's an expert at this, and I am not an expert at this. And a lot of times we get questions about, you know, how do we know if, if this is a good supplement or that is a good supplement? And for me, it comes down to trusting a company, trusting a person, and really having making sure they're very transparent about what strains are there, in what quantities, and what do they do? And is there science to back it up? And not every company puts that information forward. There are absolutely tons of them that do. I'm not here to say which direction you should go. I'm happy to share what I do. That's not the only way to do this, but we have to be intentional about it. And then the third thing that I wanna emphasize is that it's not just supplementation that has an impact on our microbiome. So we have other things that we really need to get in check. One of those is minimizing consumption of sugar, minimizing or eliminating consumption of processed foods, crop oils, trans fats, All of that stuff, uh, artificial sweeteners, has been shown to wreak havoc on the microbiome. So we've got to do that. And then making sure that we're eating quality foods and we're limiting our our exposure to toxins. So if you can eat organic, eat organic. If you can't eat organic, then you want to be mindful of unconventionally raised meats and things like that keeping them leaner, trimming the fat or pouring off the fat because the toxins are stored in the fat. So you don't have to do that when we're talking organic. Those fats can be really great for you in a storage place for vitamins and minerals. But if we're talking conventionally raised, if you're doing ground beef, drain it. Get rid of the fat. If you're doing um, chicken that's conventional, cut off the fat because that's storage place for toxins. But also things like getting a water filter. Uh, being mindful of not drinking or eating out of plastic containers, being mindful of the skincare products that you use. When we introduce toxins, it disrupts the microbiome. So this is not just a conversation about probiotic supplementation. I believe that is part of the solution in a way that we can be very targeted, making sure that we're giving our body what it needs uh, in the the right strains and the right quantities, but it's much more multifactorial. Bottom line, I'll say it again, your excess weight is a symptom of a different problem, and we can't be so blind as to just try to tackle the weight without really getting to the root of the other problem, which probably does have a link to your microbiome. So I'm going to put some links in the show description. I'm going to put a link uh, to a training video from Dr. Sean Talbot that I think is really great at explaining all of this on a level of detail that's greater than what I did here. I'm also going to put a link to GBX Fit if you want to look at that. Uh, there's there's more information on the website that you can learn more about that. I'm going to, let's see, what else? I'll put a link to uh, the study that I mentioned that looks at the microbiome and metabolism. Um, I think that's about it. If you've got questions, let me know. Every Saturday we do a QA. and a so that's a great opportunity for me to follow up on anything that either I didn't explain well or you want me to go further into detail on. So message me at Elizabeth Benton on Instagram is probably the best way, and we can tackle the questions in a QA. and a Make it a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.